to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every week I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So on our show, we have talked uh, a couple of times, especially with our episode with Julia Herz uh, and Katie Marisek, about the reckoning uh, that is happening within the craft beer movement, uh, kind of a Me Too movement for craft beer. And last week, I had the privilege of going to the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver, hosted by the Brewers Association. And it was very refreshing to see that the Brewers Association was taking this very, very seriously. Uh, Dr. Jay Nichols, uh, their diversity ambassador, uh, did a couple of different talks and seminars. The National Conflict Resolution Center was on site uh, doing bystander training a seminar. But something that really stood out to me was an app that I was encouraged to download called Hashtag Not Me. And this is put together by Not Me Solutions, and this is a reporting platform for those who experience or witness uh, racism, harassment, discrimination, or misconduct. Super, super easy to use app. And as a participant, I felt very cared for and considered. So on the show today, I'm very excited to welcome uh, LeBaron Myers. She is the president of Not Me Solutions, as well as Brianne Allen. She is the one who kicked off this reckoning, this movement, through her Instagram at Rat Magnet uh, back in May. So, ladies, thank you both so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Thanks, Sarah Jane. So, aside from the little intro <laughs> that I did here, uh, LeBaron, is there kind of a, a quick little elevator pitch that you use to explain uh, what Not Me Solutions and the app uh, hashtag Not Me is and, and what is it in, what it is intended for? Sure. Um, I. I, first of all, thanks for, for having us. And I, and I loved what you said, that by the Craft Beers Conference having the Not Me app in place, you felt cared for and considered. That's a big focus on what we're doing. So our goal is to bridge the gap between employees and employers uh, around really tough discussions that have anything to do with misconduct. You know, To your point, what's happening right now in the craft beer industry and in many industries uh, is this Me Too reckoning, right? This harassment epidemic that's been going on for a long time. But it's also highlighted something that happens in many other ways. It's a form of power abuse, right? So whether that be harassment, bullying, discrimination, any form of power abuse, uh, what we know is that over 70% of people who experience things like that do not report. And then of the other 25 to 30% who do report, they usually don't do so until it's gotten, you know, quote unquote, so bad. So our whole goal was we need to change what's happening in the reporting realm. We need to take all barriers away, focus on employees, their experience, and give them something that they can trust and easily use to speak up earlier so that companies and organizations who care enough to hear them find out earlier and can spend more time in prevention rather than punishment and in course correction rather than cleanup. So really to do something very different in a space where they've been doing the same thing for so long, which is why we're seeing the same issues over and over again. And Brianne, you have gotten involved with this organization 
since you've posted all these these stories and there's been kind of this cascade of change uh, that has been happening, and I, I have to say on a personal note, it has been astounding to see, you know, some people that I previously worked with that should not be in charge of other people finally getting repercussions. And, and, and also I've, I've said this before on uh, some of my other shows or some of the other episodes where you kind of anticipated this to get a big splash. You see it in the media, you see people reporting about it, and then we kind of stop talking about it. And there isn't a lot of action, but I feel like this is uh, very different. I'm feeling that there's, there's a lot more action happening. And I think this is something that is growing from that action. So, so what drew you to this organization specifically and, and, and how are you involved? Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I've noticed that there's been, I honestly thought it was going to just be like, you know, the news of the week and then everyone would forget about it. So it's actually really exciting that people are still so engaged and still trying to hold people accountable. And then also having long-term like work commitment towards making the industry better instead of just pretending that it's going to go away. And that's what a lot of the stories that I was getting were people basically complaining like, hey, I did report this to HR and they didn't help me. So I either quit or just gave up. And so what I really like about Not Me is that instead of them relying on this in-house HR system that is usually just the owner sitting there in an office, you know, putting that which has happened to me before, putting the complaint just like under a couple pieces of paper and forgetting about it. With not me, it's so much easier to connect with all these different types of professional resources to help you through whatever is going on with you, whether you're a big company or a small company, whether the company is investing in this app or not. It's just really exciting. And I think the craft beer industry is really going to accept this form of human resources as a third party, just because a lot of breweries are so small, they can't, you know, afford a human resource department. And so I think this is really going to help us change the way uh, people have reporting sexual harassment in the future. And I I especially appreciate, I mean, it it has that option to be anonymous as well, correct? Yeah. So the, and I want to back up a second, because I, in terms of Brienne, because what she's done and then what the craft beer industry is doing, I think there's a, it's a major egg on their face right now, right? In terms of the industry, but it's a major opportunity that I have to say, because of Brienne's post, because of it not being something to her point where it was like a one day and let it slide, because it's a continued conversation, because there was smart questions following up, not, you know, I think the questions that have come from Brienne, that have come from other people is the reason it keeps going. But because of that, what I think is really interesting about craft beer, and you, know, you started by saying, you know, if you're a beer connoisseur, if you're new to it, I am completely new to this industry. Have I had a beer? Absolutely. Um, but do I know much about beer? Not really. But in the last few months since Brienne's post, I've learned so much about the craft beer ecosystem and who plays what role. And it's been very inspiring to see what Brienne has inspired in others. This is obviously not the first industry. We talk to every industry. We work with every industry. This is a misconduct issue, which is a human issue. It happens everywhere. However, to the point that she said about putting the complaint you know, under a pile of papers and not dealing with it, 
we have seen that even with the ones that have hit the big news, you know, you know, on the morning shows or whatever it may be, it's the big news for the week and then it passes. And I think some big, large organizations, you know, a sigh of relief. But what I've seen in the craft beer industry is leadership at different levels, breweries, some super small, you know, we signed pilot brewing in North Carolina with three employees because the woman who's running it, Rachel was like, this matters. And I want it to, you know, matter and make a difference in this industry all the way to some of the, yeah, all the way to some of the larger breweries and then the guilds and, you know, the city guilds, the state guilds, the brewers association, the response has been, okay, what is something, what is a solution we can put in place? And when Brienne put us forward and people saw that, they started reaching out as opposed to running, as opposed to hiding. And so I think what could be, what could have started as egg on its face in the industry could end up actually being a very powerful example for other industries, because it does take from small to large, from East Coast to West Coast, and everyone has a role in it, whether you experienced it or you witnessed it. And to your original question, yes, you can report anonymously and you can report whether you experience it or you witness it. And you can do it in less than three minutes right from your phone, you know, free to download. So it takes all those barriers away. It implores you to be part of the solution for a massive issue that is happening in your industry. No, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's so inspiring for me to hear that a brewery with three people is signing on. I mean, that's just, that, yeah, that, that makes me feel hopeful, very hopeful. Um, I have to jump Bri- in and tell you one thing real quick, because yeah, no. it was very cool. When Brienne posted... The first brewery that reached out, reached out, a switchyard, I want to say, I hope I get the state right, I think it's Minnesota, Curtis, reached out, talked to me, learned what we were about, signed up and subscribed before he saw the product, within 24 hours. And, and it was the first response we had seen like that from an industry where they were like, problem, you have a solution, we want to be part of it. So there's a lot of stories like that. And I think it says a lot about the people in the industry. I know there's some issues and systemic issues and bad apples, but man, I'm enjoying meeting some of the ownership and the unique people that are in this industry as well. And uh, I, I, I'm excited to see where this industry is in three to five years. And I'm nervous about where other industries are going to be because I think they're going to be chasing their tail, having the same conversation because they're not doing anything different, but they're saying a whole lot. Now, Brienne, you've been in this industry for years and years and years. Why do you think craft beer specifically is reacting in such a, in such a quick way and a way that is such a call to action, not sitting around talking about what we might do in the future? Craft beer has definitely tried to portray itself the last, uh, couple decades about, you know, 1%, uh, or what is it? 99% everyone's great. And then there's 1% assholes or whatever. And everyone for some reason has been trying to like project that, uh, statement and try to like live up to it or just make it seem like it's true. And especially in like a digital age right now where people rely on social media, I think proving that one statement that we've all been living under for so long is wrong. And then having, you know, an unlimited audience seeing that and, you know, portraying your own company, the only way, you know, to sell anything these days is on Instagram and Facebook. And so I think this really hit home with people. 
definitely maybe out of fear in the beginning, but I think as the conversation continues, uh, it's more like Baron says, people are running towards it instead of away from it. And they're, you know, excited for the change because they realize, you know, we've been sweeping all this under the rug for so long and, and ever, no one wanted to do it alone. And now that they see like the entire world has taken a part of it and that they're not the only ones that don't have human resources, everyone is having these issues. I think everyone's excited to just have those resources and the help and the conversation so that they don't feel, you know, left out. And I think that's why everyone's jumping onto it like they are. And, and I feel like there are a lot of breweries that you know, and I've talked about this on the show that are stewards of the community. You know, there's such a focus within craft beer on going into a community, caring about sustainability, caring about community outreach. I feel like sometimes there's been so much focus on, you know, we have sustainable practices, we have all these things, but they haven't thought about their community, you know, within their walls. And I think this also kind of makes them see, hey, this is a this is another community you need to be a steward of. And I think that once they saw that it needed to be, you know, tended to, that fit in with, uh, you know, what they care about already in a way. Obviously, that's not for everybody. For sure. I mean, uh, I mean, if you go back in history, like craft brewing, not even just craft brewing, just beer in general has always been very localized since like the town brewery. Um, and that obviously exploded in the last decade here. And yeah, a lot of breweries are doing the community outreach and sustainability and stuff like that. But a lot of it's also performative. It's not, you know, it's like I said earlier, look at social media, look at us, we're good people. And yeah, they weren't focusing on the communities within their companies first. They were just, you know, kind of doing stuff to show that they're good people so that they can sell more product. And it is exciting to see all the employees after all of the stories were coming out, employees are feeling a lot more empowered because they're noticing people like modern times and tired hands. And they're like, wow, we could just, you know, walk out or demand difference and or demand change or like just stop working because they're realizing how important they are to the company. And then not me, obviously, coming along is going to empower these employees even more. And that shouldn't scare companies. It should just hold them accountable to, you know, like actually focus on, you know, community and what matters to them instead of just being performative social media experts. And also, you know, some really well-intended ownership, you know, who actually want to be part of Solution and, and think they are and think they know their culture and, and everyone does to an extent, but all of these words that we're using, there's like a spectrum, right? When you think I have an open door culture, people trust me, they would come to me. Like when you say that, that's a massive spectrum. What does that mean? That if they were assaulted in the parking lot, they think you would want them, you would want to know. That's probably true. But let's go a little bit like further down the scale where it's not so egregious but it's every day and it happens like inappropriate jokes, you know, unwanted touching. That's not groping, but it's still like my body. I don't want to be touched that way. I know you're the most popular brewer or bartender or whatever it may be. And maybe I don't want to speak up against that because I don't necessarily trust that ownership wants to hear it if it's not quote unquote that bad. So what this is really introducing for ownership that cares is like, do you want your employees to believe that you want to hear from them? 
Because if you really want them to believe that, not that you not that you just say, hey, we have a hotline or hey, you can go see, you know, Suzanne or whatever it may be because you have to say something, but because they actually believe that you want to hear from them. And by putting something in place like not me, which is so easy for the employee, it makes it so comfortable for them, for a lot of employees in any industry, it's the first time that they feel like, you know what? If it bothers me, I don't have to think twice about whether it would bother management or someone else or if it's unique to me. I know my management wants to hear from me what is affecting me at work, what is taking away from me being my best self at work. And if every person could take away those things that is make, you know, taking away from them showing up at work in a full way, then your whole culture, your whole business thrives more. I mean, I think I said this, I said this to you, LeBaron, when we were talking originally, you know, I can't tell you how many onboardings I've participated in as an employee. And if somebody, you know, day two, they're going through the sexual harassment policy or whatever, and they said, oh, by the way, while we're sitting here in this very cramped office, take out your phone, let's download this app. And, you know, if, if you should, you know, see, hear, say, experiencing anything, please, you know, don't hesitate. Just the amount of relief and and stability I would feel you know what I mean going through that experience now the the tool is is for reporting once something is reported what are the steps that or or what are the actions that are able to happen after the reporting happens so there's two routes to a report either someone reports and they're with a client of ours or they report and they're not with a client of ours so if a, you know, we'll take an example of one of our clients, right? So Switchyard signs up. When an employee at Switchyard, if, if they experience something and they report it now, that goes to Switchyard's dashboard. So Curtis and his team have people on the dashboard where they would be in response to whatever reports come. And however they respond is up to them. That's their value system. That's their process, right? So we, that's where we stop and they begin, For people who are not with clients of ours, if they go through something and they're not comfortable reporting internally and more comfortable reporting to us, that goes to our team's dashboard. We have a trained team who reaches out. And then what happens from there is a wide spectrum because each situation is different. Some people just want to be heard. And again, they don't believe that management wants to hear them. Some people want to know, is, how, is this inappropriate? How inappropriate is this? What are my options? Some people want to talk to a therapist. Some people want to speak to a lawyer. And our team is there to help that individual in whatever way that they need. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And you mentioned this also earlier. Change is really, really hard for people. And I think you know, to what Brian was saying that it's easy to do some performative aspects of things. So have you run into a situation or how, how would you deal with a situation where let's say a brewery signed up, was really jazzed, put it out on social media. Hey, we have got this amazing tool. We care so much about our employees. And then they start getting a lot, a lot, a lot of reports and they need to make some serious changes. And then all of a sudden they instantly regret taking on this, this tool Have you had this happen before where you need to help or if there's some guidance or? So great question and a common one, a common fear for the brave ones who just tell us that's our fear, right? Um, First of all, if they get, no one has ever gotten so flooded that they're like, oh my gosh, we can't handle it. That is a fear they have, but that's not happened. They do get more reports 
And what we explain to them is that is a good thing. Reports are not a liability. Reports are an opportunity. And as we see in today's world, and Brienne is a perfect example, it is not about whether they're going to talk about it. It's where they're going to talk about it. And what you are doing is saying, we want to hear for it so we can do something about it. So it's the best thing that can happen is that they're reporting to you. Because if they're not, they're telling colleagues, they're going to Glassdoor, they're telling other people don't take a job here, they're telling social media. So we've never had any of our clients regret bringing in not me when they get reports. It's the opposite. It's, oh, we're glad we got this because now we know this and typically we know it earlier than we would have otherwise. And we know it in a platform where we can respond proactively and in conversation back and forth. So your question earlier was, hey, can someone report anonymously? Yes, they can report anonymously. And not only that, but they can continue to have anonymous communication with their employer because of the third-party technology. So now the management is able to have this ongoing conversation through this two-way chat. So the person feels heard, they feel respected, they can be part of the solution and moving the conversation forward. So is your original question a fear? Absolutely. But it has never been a fear that any of our clients have said, oh, geez, we shouldn't have gotten this. It's been the exact opposite. Thank God we have it in place because now we get to deal with it versus everyone else finding out first. Brian, it's been a couple of months uh, since the initial post, and you've been flooded with hundreds and thousands of, of stories, and I'm sure you've had to get somebody to help you manage all the Instagram messages and, and things like that. Are there other tools or resources you would like to see uh, for people uh, down the road, or, or are, there, are there other avenues uh, that you think would be helpful? Because Not Me addresses the aspect of, you know, reporting and, you know, having a safe space to communicate. But, you know, are there other uh, tools or or resources that you think, you know, down the road would be helpful or, you know, things that we need to think about as a community? Uh, That's a hard question. I mean, we have a lot of different, I wouldn't say that this is like not me at all, but we have a lot of different resources that are just there for people to help, especially through our Brave Noise uh, Global Collab Initiative. We have tons of resources there for people to be able to write code of conducts uh, for their staff, promising you know long-term commitment to them. Uh, we have a lot of different nonprofits that we're working with that provide scholarships and grants and open communication for advice and resources like that for people having issues and just need some advice or need to leave a toxic environment and are afraid they won't be able to, you know, fund their life uh, until they find a new one. And so we have a lot of, we work a lot with the uh, women of the Bevolution. Uh, That's Ash Elliott. She's been the one actually helping me go through all these stories. And so we're kind of combining the Bevolution and Brave Noise together and not me, just to help as many people with as many resources as we possibly can without trying to like, we're not trying to rewrite the book. We just want to have everything in like one area and make it as easy for everyone as possible. You know, I've, I've been to, I can't even tell you how many like women's events or women of, you know, hospitality or beer or what have you. And everyone kind of sits around and shares their story and gets collectively angry and then says things like, oh, I, you know, we need to have, you know, equal pay or, you know, paid leave or mental health support. And then 
that's it, you know? And so this is why I was specifically drawn to not me. And this is why I specifically wanted to have this conversation with you all, because I feel like this is a hyper tangible solution to something. And so kind of coming up with ways to fix things uh, instead of continuing to get collectively angry is, is really productive. And like I said, very hopeful. Well, I mean, the obvious answer to that would just be like, people need to take action, listen to their employees and, you know, do what's right. But it's easier to not do the right thing than it is to just ignore uh, any situations. There's been a lot of talk. People keep asking me if we're going to try and start like a, a union or I'll have everyone unionize, which is not on my radar. But there are s- certain circumstances where that would help. Well, and I, and I think um, one of the hesitations we've seen with some employers, um, more so some in some other industries, but is this, oh, geez, let's get it all cleaned up before we roll out something like Not Me, right? And we're like, uh, that's backwards. <laughs> um, because to your question, you know, I think management is putting a lot on their shoulders in every industry right now where they think, even with the best of intentions, I care. Let me sit down in a room with a couple other people who were, our backgrounds are probably pretty similar. We know each other really well. And we're going to try and figure out everyone outside of this room, what is best for them and what they most need. Like what a hard, huge weight to carry versus saying, you know what, why don't we sit down, shut up, and make it really easy for everyone outside of this room to tell us what they're experiencing and what they need. And then we can respond by listening versus telling them what, what they need and putting it in place first. And I think part of the, part of the fear right now, it, look, it's a really sensitive time in this country on a lot of different topics. I mean, people are really, really sensitive and affected by a lot of things right now. So I think, again, even well-intended management feels like there's landmines that they don't want to step on. And what we need to remember is that we're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. There's no way any company, any management, any person is going to always get this right. But what I've seen, and which makes sense to me, would be the same thing for me, is that When you do do something above and beyond and proactive to make it easier for your employees to be safer physically and psychologically, when you do mess up or when someone in your organization messes up, I'm going to give you more grace. And we've seen that where employees are like, okay, that was a massive mistake, but they're trying. I'm going to give them a little bit more grace for course correction. I think the term zero tolerance is very counterproductive. I think it's well-intended, completely counterproductive, and has people scared to talk, scared to do things, scared to be a bystander or an upstander, scared to get involved. And we need a little bit more leniency for people to make mistakes so long as they are open to hearing the feedback and making the changes. So I just think we have to think about it differently. It's a really complex topic, but if we go back to basics on how to communicate better, I think we can be in a much better, healthier, more productive place quickly. No, 100%. And yeah, you mentioned zero tolerance. It's a it's it's very counterproductive. I mean, you know, if I've got a coworker telling me about their racy Tinder dates, I want them to just just stop doing that, not get fired. Just just stop doing it. 
It's the number one. It's the number one answer within our app. It'll ask you, what do you want as the outcome? Mm-hmm. The number one answer by far over 90% of the time is behavior to stop. Most people, to your point exactly, most people do not want to sue their employer. And most people do not want someone to get fired. So a lot of people don't speak up for that reason. Oh gosh, in this day and age, if I say something, they're probably going to fire him. I don't dislike him. I just want him to stop telling me about his Tinder dates, right? Great example. And so just by giving people that option, tell us what it is. They don't dictate what happens because you don't know if that person's been reported for a lot of other things. But it allows people to come forward and just basically say, hey, all I'm saying is I just want to be treated with dignity and respect and what you're doing is uncomfortable. So if you could just stop that, then we could all go about our job. That's it. I was able to walk through the app um, and the pool of questions and responses and things like that that you have super, super, there's, they're, they're great detail. You kind of get a whole spectrum of options. I just, I feel like it was just really, really thoughtful. I feel like it almost feels like somebody who does data, like questioning very, very, on a very high level, put it together because it is super, super mindful. Well, thank you for that feedback because we've brought in, if we're going to be the bridge, which is truly our goal, um, so that people are talking again about the tough things, then we had to bring in people who are representative of every area of this, which means the everyday employee who might be new, who might be earlier in their career, who doesn't have as much power, the late stage, the people who are chief compliance officers, you know, I mean, the former chief compliance officer of Google retired last year and joined our board and said, this is the future of compliance. This makes sense. Having people like that, but having people like Lily Zhang, Forbes top 10 DNI trailblazer, who doesn't endorse anything and came to the table, told me, LeBaron, I'm here to rip this apart because I've seen everything. Everything's been built for the employer, by the employer. It's all lipstick on a pig. Saw what we did and said, this actually shifts the paradigm. It actually gives employees power and can make a difference. Having people like Brienne, we are the ambassadors in each industry. What Brienne is doing in her industry is huge for craft beer everywhere. What Rose McGowan endorsed us, you know, on the third anniversary of Me Too. One of the bravest people, you know, who started this, right? Who the, This is, but t- talking to all of those people, we have a... Um, a, a psychologist now who's working like who's working with us we we talked to organizational psychologists so all of those things had to come into play because we had to say look we have to put the employee first they have to feel comfortable and safe and trust that's what we're talking about trust this in order to share and we have to capture the things that are required for an organization legally and for everyone to do what they need to do so how do we do this in a way where it's technology so it's easy much more efficient But how do we do it in a way where it's legal and most importantly, for a topic that is so complex, how do we not lose the human centered aspect of it? How do people, how do we do it in a way where people say, okay, I get this, I trust this, and it's something I want to do. So all of that is to say, thank you. There's been a lot of people who have been a part of that. And, and the ambassadors in each industry help us to understand that industry specifically. So we worked with Brienne on the, the customized app that we made for the craft beer industry, right? I've you know talked to Dr. Jane Nichols and said, hey, I would like to get your input on this. Like 
we can't know every industry and every industry has its different nuances and environment. And so we need an ambassador in each industry to be the one who takes the torch and really helps everyone else there. So it's quite a um, crowdsourced group effort. And I think that that's the only way it's going to work. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. I know. I was like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> so good. Ooh, I um, wish I could speak like that. So eloquent. Hats off and well done. We are just about time here, but thank you both so much for taking the time. Brewers out there, anybody out there, download the app. It's free. Contact you know, not me solutions. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool for any brewery size, all the way down to three people. Absolutely wonderful. So thank you both so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Sarah Jane, for having us. And thank you, Brian, always for being the impetus for the change in the craft beer industry. It's awesome. We're really, really happy to be working with you. Yeah. I can't wait to see, uh, the changes that we're about to make. It's going to be fun. Amazing. Well, uh, this has been Beer Me uh, Radio. Feel free to reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram, beermeradio at gmail.com. Like, follow, subscribe, give all the stars, and we will catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.